This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, last Thursday, the British Conservatives suffered two heavy by-election defeats, with the Labour Party overturning huge majorities to take Mid-Bedfordshire and Tamworth. The Labour Party saw a challenge in Bedfordshire from the Liberal Democrats. There was no pact and the Liberal Democrats fought very hard. Nevertheless, the 24,664 Tory majority was overturned and Labour won the seat. For the first time ever in Tamworth, there was a 23.9% swing to the Labour Party from the Tories. So clearly the tide has turned in Britain in a big way. And to discuss that and other developments this week, including the visit of the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak to Tel Aviv, we're joined now by Chris Johns. Chris is former Chief Economist with the Bank of Ireland, now a respected commentator and the most popular, or one of the most popular guests we've ever had on the stand and continue to have his wisdom. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. We can talk about Thursday's defeats and what your assessment is. There was a lot going against the Labour Party, particularly in Bedfordshire, where the Liberal Democrats, who are also rising were not up for a pact and thought they could win the seat themselves. Nevertheless, the Labour Party won it. And Rishi Sunak, of course, has been grabbing, clutching at every straw he can see, every populist straw, one of them being going to Israel. And I felt rather humiliating himself with Netanyahu. But let's deal with the Conservative defeats last Thursday first. They're massive, Chris, massive. They are huge. And the, the two by-elections that we had yesterday followed another one that we had relatively recently. So we've had three to try and assess whether the opinion polls are right. Um, the original one that I referred to that wasn't yesterday was Selby and Ainsty. And we had Tamworth and Mid-Bedfordshire, as you, you mentioned. The three swings from Tories to Labour of those three by-elections were 23.7%, 23.9%, and 20.5%. So they're all confirming the opinion polls, they're saying, for what it's worth, that the opinion polls are right, that Labour has a lead of 20-something percent. These numbers are huge. They're massive. Uh, they're bringing about comparisons with Tony Blair's 
election in 1997. Yes. And it's certainly the case that if they were repeated in a general election, that's always a big if, of course, lots of caveats about by-elections being different from general elections and all that good stuff. But if they were repeated in a general election today, the Tories would be on their way to the graveyard, quite frankly. It yes. would be an evisceration for them. And there's no way that Rishi Sunak can sugarcoat these results. They are truly awful. And as you say, Keir Starmer wouldn't need a pact, either implicit or explicit, with the Liberal Democrats. He would be returned with a big majority if there was a general election today. Yes, and talking of Sunak, he went to Tel Aviv to support Netanyahu. He was not alone in that, of course. Joe Biden went as well. And Schultz of Germany. Yes, and Macron of France is on his way there as well. Sunak went on then to Saudi Arabia, where he had some business to do, which is also relevant to the Palestine-Israel conflict, because the Saudis were moving closer to having an accord with Netanyahu and Israel. The world is changing rapidly, Chris, and it's not changing for the better in any way. And the question, I suppose, that is arising, and it's glaring now, and the Irish Times had a very interesting leading article about this, in which they say that the West is losing, essentially say, that if Israel is allowed to break laws, cutting off food, power, and water to Gaza, which is what roughly the Russians are trying to do in Ukraine. If the West is supporting Israel in these endeavors, people might begin to ask, you know, what right have they? What authority? What moral authority have they got if they're supporting this? And Xi Jinping, who met Putin last week in Beijing, sketched out his vision for a new global order this is the Irish Times leader, would allow each country to pursue its own developmental model, regardless of human rights and democratic values, as Western leaders line up behind Netanyahu's military offensive, she may conclude that they are making his argument for him. And Sunak and Britain are very much part of this. And of course, if we go to the origins of this tragic situation in the Middle East, the British as they are in so many places, the authors of this. What do you say to that? Yeah, well, we, we could have this argument about history and British involvement. I think that the current actors need to take as much responsibility as people like Balfour uh, back in the early 20th century and a couple of uh, English and French civil servants called Sykes and Pico drawing lines on maps during the First World War that contributed a lot to what is what is happening now. These things have multifactorial drivers of what's going on. And I think we need to be very wary of simplistic uh, arguments about who's to blame uh, and and indeed Mm -hmm. whose side we are on. The the reason why Sunak is there, I think, is, is partly, of course, to do with domestic politics, but it's mostly to do with the fact that these countries clearly are talking to each other and are absolutely terrified about what happens next. They understand both the military and geopolitical potential for absolute disaster if uh, Israel were to do what it seems that it wants to do. Yes, it, I it, must it, ask you, Chris, are you saying that Rishi Sunak, as British Prime Minister, went there because he's in alliance with Benjamin Netanyahu and Israel? 
I don't think there's an alliance there. That suggests that there's something formal. I think that the the, the what they're trying to do uh, is in public give him the support that they clearly are giving him, but in private they're trying to explain to him what happens next if he does what he says he's what we think he might want to do, which is flatten Gaza in order to get at Hamas. But that's what he said he's going to do. He said he is going to flatten Gaza. And he said a lot of other things. Yeah, watch what people do rather than what they say. And it is oh, quite clear, led, yes. led, led by the Americans, the, 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 this Western coalition or alliance, if you like, I think is trying very hard to persuade him to back off it, yes. to, to, to some degree. They may, they may have no success whatsoever, but they, they, may, they may well have all sorts of malevolent aims. They may well be supporting the wrongs. So whatever argument you have about whatever side you're on in all of this, they do know that if he flattens Gaza in the way that he is threatening to do, then the consequences are almost unimaginable. But we can start to imagine them. For example, uh, if you thought that Iran would then close the Straits of Hormuz, I'm not talking about Iran necessarily going to war, but just closing the Straits of Hormuz, that would make last year's energy price crisis look like a walk in the park. If, if Qatar, that means the gas supplies from Qatar, for example, may not be getting through oil and all the rest of it. If Qatar gets the ump about this, which is perfectly possible... Well, they are in alliance with Hamas, to say yes. extent, and also... They are funders of Hamas. Also hosted the World Cup last year. What if Qatar cuts off? It's, it's one of the biggest producers of gas in the world, natural yes. gas exporters. What if, you know, we've already seen gas, natural gas prices in Europe, in Ireland, go up by 30% since this started. So we, we, we could see all sorts of things happen, both economically, financially, and of course, geopolitically, if uh, Israel does what we think it wants to do. There is a, one simple fact I, I put to you, Eamon, that already the Americans have had some success in that the, they haven't gone in yet. And delaying them going in, yes. injecting some time into this is clearly what the Americans are up to in the hope that the Israelis do think twice about the extent of whatever it is they yes. are going to do to Gaza. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Biden's speech on Thursday night to the nation from the Oval Office, which is only the second time he spoke to people from the Oval Office, it, it indicates the seriousness with which the speech is intended. He is seeking from a... Congress that has no speaker, a hundred billion dollars, some for Ukraine, some for Israel. And his reason is that they're both fighting the same thing. Now, that simply is not true. In what sense, Simon? Well, <laughs> Israel is engaged in well, what might be called a colonial project, which began shall we say, with the Balfour Declaration in 1917, but really was sealed in 1948 when they got their right to their own state. 700,000 Palestinians were shifted out of the way and Israel got a state of its own. I don't really think the Israel-Palestine conflict is comparable to the Russian conflict where they're invading another country, and slaughtering people. You know, I mean, a so-called democratic government can't be considered the same as a terrorist group, which Hamas is. So we could go down a rabbit hole here, but my basic point is that Joe Biden compared Ukraine to Israel. Many people would compare Ukraine to Palestine. Yeah, as you say, it's a rabbit hole. Uh, I had a, I had a debate with somebody in Dublin only last week, actually a young, a young fella, who started talking to me about you know this all kicked off in the 1940s, and I had to, in my pompous old man way, <laughs> correct him that it it started a long time before Christ walked the earth, and that you know mm. this conflict ha- has roots going back three thousand years, not 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 seventy years and that it's far more complicated than most people seem seem to think and that the reason why we including ha- Joe Biden Joe Biden and that the reason we ha- we have a, we you know we had a Jewish diaspora in the 19th century which was subject and in other centuries to pogroms in eastern europe and russia at the time let me go back to the the economic consequences you see, Chris, in terms of the gas from Qatar, for example. But there is a risk now of a great Middle East war. There is a risk that others will be sucked in. That's why Sunak and Schultz and Biden have been in the Middle East. I take the point you're making, urging, shall we say, circumspection on 
Israel. And I mean, Biden is very explicit. He said in his speech to the American people, and he said it before he made the speech, that by saying it was Israel's 9-11, which that's a point that's okay, don't overreact the way we did as Americans and make the big mistakes we made as Americans, Iraq war being the most obvious one, but going into Afghanistan again was another big mistake. And I thought that that was wise counsel. And I agree with you and accept entirely that I dismiss Sunak from anything because he doesn't count. But I'm sure Biden was making that point to Netanyahu in private. The evidence, however, is on the behavior. Of, yeah, what, what they do, not what they say. And yes. the, the, the open question is whether or not... Behavior of Netanyahu now. Absolutely, I mean, 100%. If he says to Biden, you know, bog off, where are we then? I think we are in a catastrophe. Yes. And, and that the Middle East will go up in ways that are difficult to predict. We can speculate. I think that, obviously, they are very worried about Iran and the extent to which they will get actively involved. Uh, a de minimis response of Iran to all of this might be, for example, closing the Straits of Hormuz, yes. through which much of the world's energy flows. Qatar, as I said earlier, could well get uh, extremely involved. Yes. Uh, they produce an awful lot of the world's natural gas. Uh, those prices of both oil and gas in particular are up a lot. Uh, gas is 30% up since this even started and uh, is rising daily. Uh, and if Qatar were to get involved in restricting gas supplies, he's then starting to look at a replay in a slightly different kind of way of the 1970s when we had an oil crisis. We could yes. easily get a gas crisis if Qatar gets involved in that way. All ifs, of course. I'm just speculating. Um, the, the extent to which the Syrians get involved, the extent to which the Jordanians even get involved, the, 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 they are, the, the consequences of this are incredibly difficult to assess other than to say with reasonable certainty, you can't be certain about anything, but it would be extremely bad. I am not the only person to, to draw parallels with the way in which the First World War started. It was a single yes. shot in Sarajevo. One man was assassinated, and we ended up with a global conflagration. Uh, eminent historians have written articles this week over the last few days drawing parallels exactly with those sorts of events from a hundred odd years ago. And it's because strategists and historians and politicians like Joe Biden can see this, love him or loathe him, Biden can see this very clearly. I don't know, as you say, whether Sunak can see anything clearly, but he's got, I suspect he's gone to Israel because Biden told him to. Obviously, I don't know that, but I suspect that this is uh, an orchestrated uh, procession of politicians saying that if you do what you say you're going to do, the consequences are going to be catastrophic. And that they, they're in the, that horrible word, there's going to have to be some calibration. By all means, go after Hamas in some way, wreak havoc, but don't do it in such a way that you set the Middle East on fire. Because if you do, then the entire world is going to suffer and suffer badly. And so they are trying to hold the Israelis back. And the only question, therefore, is the extent to which they are going to be successful. Now, Chris, you mentioned earlier the economic consequences of this in particular there a moment ago about Qatar and gas prices. And, and you referred rightly to something I remember 
the oil prices in 1973, I think. And there is another big shadow hanging over international economy, the international economy, and it is the bond markets. And there was a speech by Jay Powell, who is chairman of the Federal Reserve, something like the Bank of England, only much more powerful. Is that right, Chris? Correct. And what did he say that's so concerning that we really ought to be worried about in terms of the bond markets, which I know have been rocky recently? Well, the bond markets are incredibly important. They're they're the least commented on by people like us in these kinds of conversations, but they're much more important than stock markets. They're much more important than exchange rates. They actually determine the price of everything, Eamon. Your mortgage rate is determined by the bond market. Your fine, the, the value of your fine wine collection, Eamon, is yeah. ultimately <laughs> determined by, by the bond market. They really are the unsung, most important variable, if you like, the most important financial market. Uh, Clinton, you might remember, uh, he was president of the United States a long time ago. His, his chief of staff was famous for saying that when he was reincarnated, um, he used to think he'd like to come back as the Pope or an army general because of the power that those sorts of people typically have. But he'd realized that when he was in office advising Bill Clinton that the bond market is the most important thing in the world. Yes. Because then, he said, and this is a quote, you can intimidate everybody yes. if you're at the bond market. And bonds have been very badly behaved in recent weeks, um, particularly since the uh, the, the terrible events in, in Gaza and in Israel. And uh, initially, uh, bond yields, that's the interest rate, if you like, that governments borrow at. This is, this is the focus of bond markets. It's the cost of government borrowing. They went down. And uh, that was because in times of turmoil, financial markets do something called a flight to safety. And bonds are pretty safe assets relative yeah. to, say, stock markets or your fine wine collection. And uh, what Jay Powell did in his recent speech, I thought was dreadful, in that he almost almost ignored the financial and economic consequences of what's going on in the Middle East, which have already been pretty severe in terms of energy prices in particular, um, and said that he could well be raising interest rates again in the United States, just at a time when from a e- narrow economic perspective, we thought he was done that there was no need for interest rates to go up anymore. Yes. So I thought it was a dreadful speech. It, for my mind, he's almost turning into the ECB. We could have another conversation about, about the European Central Bank, yes. who historically does not do a good job, and I don't think he's doing a good job at the moment. What he should have said was that this war in the Middle East has injected a huge amount of uncertainty into the world economy. We really don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know what's going to happen to inflation, which is our main concern. But we are concerned with wider financial stability in the U.S. in particular, but in the world economy in general. And it's terribly, terribly uncertain, and it could be bad. So therefore, we're we're not going to do anything. We're going to wait and see what happens. And uh, even if that means having to accept inflation being a little bit higher for longer, our war on inflation, if you like, can take a back seat to these wider considerations and this uncertainty. And we are going to do everything that we can not to add to global financial instability that is flowing from this Middle Eastern crisis. Instead, he said, well, the US economy is a bit stronger than we thought it was. So therefore, we may well have to raise interest rates again. This caused havoc in the bond markets again. 
stock markets are determined by bond markets at the end of the day. We make up all sorts of stories about why stock markets go up and down, but the stock market went down on this news and has continued since then to go down. And I think that it was a dreadful speech and ignored the, the geopolitical realities of his job. Yes. And if he does put interest rates up again, I think it could be catastrophic for the American economy and therefore for the rest of us. Right. Our borrowing costs are already up. In Ireland, your government borrowing costs are up. That will affect a lot of things. As I said, the sort of markets that we, we, we do think are determined by bonds. Um, in, in America, Eamon, long-term mortgage rates are now hit last week 8%. Yes. Now, what Powell could have said was that, well, the bond markets are in turmoil. We don't like that. We prefer them to, to be stable, boring things, which bonds usually are, rather than the interesting, unstable things that they are at the moment. And these higher bond yields, 8% mortgage rates, for example, are going to do a lot of the, the lifting that we thought we might have to do to get inflation down, because 8% mortgage rates will put downward pressure on the all-important housing market, house prices will be lower than they otherwise would have been, possibly a good bit lower eventually. And one of the things that we have to do is anticipate, part of our job as a central banker is to anticipate what's going to happen next. We can't do that with any great precision, but it's beginning to look as if what happens next isn't going to be good from an economic perspective. Therefore, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to add to the instability. But instead, he's, he gave, dropped a big hint that they were more than willing to put interest rates up again in the final quarter of this year, right. which I think I think could be disastrous. It's already the case that we're looking at stock markets and wondering why they haven't gone down more than they have. We could be setting ourselves up for a big stock market problem, particularly if bond markets continue to misbehave in the way that they are. Okay, that's a rather frightening and worrying thought. Chris Johns is one of the most popular guests we have, if not the most popular and we're very grateful to him for today. To all of you for listening, that's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.